Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Whoa! What was that? What was that this... was a that was, that was a bop. That's what, what that was. This production value. Hello, welcome back to uh, welcome back to the Quick Resume podcast. Um, I mean, it must be by episode fourteen. This must be your favorite place on the internet for really just news in general, and you know whether it's gaming, it's Xbox, um, food. You know, we uh, we cover a lot of different topics. Um, my name yeah. my name is is Deck. Um, and I'm joined by Tim. Hi, Tim. Yeah. Hello. Hello. Hi, Derek. Oh, oh actually, I, <laughs> damn, I had like a thing as well. I was going to... The the zits, main. Is it zits? Uh, <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> it was one of them. No, I was rashed. Yeah. And I'm not... Were you? Was he the green one? Yeah, you, yeah, yeah. You were zits. Uh, and then, um, Mr. Clutch Boy. Uh, what was his name? Pip Pimple. Pimple. Yeah. yeah, this is why I bitched out saying it because I wasn't confident. I mean, it's going, it's going great. It's yeah, fine. I mean, it's going really well. Well, I mean, just in case you're interested, you know, I want to give a big thanks to um, uh, my my dearest friend uh, Charlie for doing that little jingle for us at the beginning. You can check him out on Spotify at Roscoe Fox. Wow, lovely, lovely little tune. Yes. There will be. Thank you, Charlie. Yeah, that'll be Thank wow. Mm. Um, mm. so we um, this is the first in the wake of the annual you know annual year three where e3 were back um how, what how has the the dust settled for you following e3 you know not just games wise but you know what life wise and everything else um yeah i mean i guess it, it, in general um it's gotten a bit boring <laughs> okay i'm gonna be honest <laughs> it's the sort yeah. of thing where it, you know you're kind of building up to this sort of stuff for a long time um and obviously we talked about it in our previous episode go check that out uh, our thoughts on e3 and everything and you know i thought the the overall um vibe of e3 was okay this year um but then obviously xbox this was great but yeah i mean you know it's kind of just gotten a bit yeah boring um <laughs> you know all that sort of stuff yeah. the climax has happened and it's I'm like in the uh it's like grief stage. isn't it it's like post E3 grief. You're like, Ugh, a little bit, now? yeah. Like postpartum. Yeah, there was even, there <laughs> was even a point depression. where you were just like, oh yeah, QR like, this week. And I was just like, what the fuck are we going to talk about? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> we're not going to, we're not going to dive into our personalities, are we? Well, we I mean, on. honestly. We can't do that yet. I mean, we can't put, no, no. we can't put that in the We're going to save that yet. for episode 20 at least. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone knows episode 14 is when you get your first jingle. And then yeah. episode 20 is when you <laughs> dive deeper into their psyches. Yeah. Everyone. Everyone. That's just, just a written rule. Podcast yeah. etiquette. Yeah. yeah, exactly. A, <laughs> yeah. So you'll have to wait for that. But. So a bit um, boring for you then. Yeah, but you know, it's, yeah, it was one of those things. You know, I took a week off, um, 
hung out with all you guys um and yeah watched e3 and now i'm back and work just mounted up and and up and up and uh and e3's been and gone so you know (laughs) i mean it's not too bad it's just kind of it's just busy at the moment and um and yeah and i haven't really i mean we we haven't really been playing anything new or exciting because nothing really came off the back of the e3 like instantly or anything Mm. no stealth drops no stealth drops um you know we we kind of been getting back into apex a little bit gaming wise um i've been dipping my toes into resident evil 8 when uh, as and when i can when i'm not tired after work or um everyone's online to play a a multiplayer game together um so i I think i've done another like segment in that game so i'm probably close to the halfway mark maybe Mm. um at this point but you know it's quite a slow journey for me i'm still enjoying it it is a good game but it's it's Um, fairly short isn't it so that's i mean for me that's a good thing because like the pacing yeah usually quite good on short games so yeah i actually quite appreciate a short game these days because i feel like if i were to boot up like an rpg like around now i know you're still playing mass effect and everything but it would just feel like it would just feel like the biggest mountain to climb ever because <laughs> um, yeah it's just uh, uh, i don't know we we have friends that we play with that only play multiplayer games you know and they're always inviting us when we're on you know it's quite hard to to just find a time and play and they, a single player game and they have more time than we do seemingly so they do yeah <laughs> it's like a yeah. vacuum it's like a time vacuum yeah a couple of them have got like part-time jobs or or work um less for themselves like freelance <laughs> or just less yeah um so yeah we, we definitely do work more and have that more consistent uh, schedule and everything but yeah i mean the be all end all is um yeah it's just a bit a bit droopy you know yeah it's a bit flaccid it's it, it, it's okay <laughs> but it's just uh it's not as good as it was you know no. pre-e3 you know definitely but not. um what about you definitely give not me, give me your it's a vibe, vibe check with deck yeah well i mean i obviously coming off the back of e3 i actually had a triple if not quadruple migraine whammy, so that was fun. Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, and that, that kind of kept me out of work for a bit, so I've been getting back into the swing of things, like trying to get back to work and like get back on um, get back on target, really. Um, so I've just been catching up with loads of stuff, and I've been trying to get back into... Because here in the UK, um, like uh, leisure centres and stuff have started opening up, so I've been able to go back to playing indoor sports, so badminton in my case. Um, which has been good. So, uh, besides like my brain recovering from the migraines, my body has also been in extreme <laughs> agony <laughs> for like the last week. Um, yeah. So there's that um, on the personal side. But there was, you know, on the game side, there was um, before you left. We did, hence the Battletoad related intro. We did mm. play through Battletoads in two nights, and on the hardest difficulty, may I add. And so I thought this was quite an accomplishment. So I thought it would be worth giving a bit of time to just speak about our experience with um, fight frogs. You know? Yeah. Um, all right. I guess I'll I'll kick it off. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, what do you think? What's your score? What's your imminent? Give me hit me with a score. Um, I don't know score. I'll give it. I'll give it a seven. I'll give it a seven. Um. I, I fucking hate it, and I, I really loved it as well. I think that's the best way I could describe it. There were 
it would there, there was some absolutely <laughs> great moments and some good writing and dialogue and the story was funny um and there were some moments where especially like we picked up on the dialogue was just so weird like in yeah. in, in cutscenes, it was good it was witty it was funny and it was just like stupid but like in a good way and then like a lot of the in-game dialogue was very um <clears throat> was very it was questionable it was like filler. yeah it was, it was like filler like dialogue yeah um... yeah and it was just so like they, it was just like really bad like dad jokes like for the in-game dialogue <laughs> yeah and it was just it was almost like they were written by completely different people um uh, but yeah, and and then obviously the gameplay was was pretty good. Um, I do feel like they could have actually had more fighty frog uh, levels. Yeah, I feel like you, you you got you got a few at the beginning, and then they <clears throat> they experimented and just went crazy because I guess you have to do that with that sort of genre. You have to create levels that are different to keep people's interest because if you just ran alongside the screen punching stuff for eight hours, it would get boring quick. Hmm. Um, but yeah, there was there was like racing segments when you're on bikes and you have to dodge walls and the best ones. and stuff like that. And 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 they were just some of the some of the level design was mm. just insane. The checkpoints were just the most savage thing on the yeah. planet. Yeah, it was just like three minutes of pure intense dodging of all obstacles at like eighty miles an hour. <laughs> yeah. If you fucked up once, you were thrown <laughs> back that three minute journey to do that again. And it was just, it was intense, dude. It was so yeah. intense. Watching your body language shift into just despair, because there were times where like one of us would die and the other would just have to go, and we'd just be like, "You've got this, bro." You can do this. Yeah. I believe in you. And then, God bless the run. Yeah, God bless the run. And then, like, one of us would die. We'd be like, fuck! All it takes is one goddamn mistake. One! And you're out! Yeah. And it's just like yeah, that margin of error. Yeah. And I, don't, I guess I'm, I'm quite interested to hear that you'd... Because I, I, I would give it, like, an 8 overall. I'd give it an 8. I'd say it was... Because you do have side-scrollers. Games that are just side-scrollers. Whereas Battletoads is clearly, like, more of a multi-genre kind of thing which is really cool um but i would say like yeah you're right though i think the fighting sections maybe could have done with a bit more but having said that would i have liked the game to go on for longer oh, i don't know <laughs> um, yeah i was quite happy when the credits rolled yeah <laughs> yeah just yeah exactly but i mean i mean we say that but it but it was a, it was a good time you know like the the all the animations it looked really nice it played really smoothly yeah like funny. tim said it, it was funny it, but like it, it was it was like they got a team in to write the story and that story was presented through the cutscenes and then they they realized shit we need some connective tissue in game we need some characters to say stuff in game and that team wasn't available to write the rest of that so there was just like filler like like Tim said a really bad dad jokes and stuff so there was overall I'd say it was really good genuinely really fun and it was like constantly fresh because you were constantly tossed into like a new environment or new mechanics were being introduced um, but it was let down by some inconsistent dialogue um, and some pretty poor checkpoint spacing in a, only in a couple of places though for the most of the game like 90% of the game was absolutely fine but there were like two or three points that stick out in my head of like what were they thinking that was yeah. like a 20 minute I had to do a 20 minute flawless run to get past that so I'd say it's just, it's just let down by those two things for me really I wonder if it's um I wonder if that was difficulty related though. I wonder I mean 
I'm not going to go back and do it. I don't think I'll ever click on that fucking app icon ever again. Yeah, but <laughs> I've uninstalled it. I, I wonder if you were to go into normal mode, if the checkpoints would be more forgiving. And if that's the case, it's still no excuse. I mean, that's not that's not making your day your game more difficult. Just being like half the checkpoints. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard mode. It's yeah, like, yeah, that's yeah. not making your game more difficult. That's yeah. fucking lazy as shit. Like. Um, I get so the I, I get the feeling it it wasn't. I, I don't know, but I do know that in the other difficulties, like medium and easy, there's like an invincibility mechanic, where like if you die a few times, you get like a free five second invincibility, which would have been helpful, I, I suppose. Um, yeah, which, which seems a bit weird. It's almost like they designed it for hard mode and then were like fuck <laughs> like when they made medium difficulty they were like I don't think eight year olds are going to be able to do this like let's make an invincibility mechanic so yeah yeah, yeah. it was there were some um, ridiculous difficulty spikes but those spikes were only literally like you said ridiculous checkpoint pacing just felt a bit mm-hmm. stupid at times yeah oh yeah it was just annoying and it did it did ruin it a little bit um, for me I probably would have bumped out to an eight if that sort of stuff didn't leave a sour taste in my mouth but yeah, I mean, overall, uh, it was a fun experience. Um, and, you know, when I play a game like that, I mean, we love a local co-op game. We, we tend to play most that come out. I know we did a bit of Guacamole as well and Cuphead. Mm. But I know that we can't... Whenever I look and play a game like that, I can't help but compare it to Cuphead. And, I mean, Cuphead was just far superior in, like, every way to Battletoads. Mm. Um in its level design and its characters and its and its I don't know the the difficulty don't get me wrong I I think I punched a wall a, a few times playing Cuphead <laughs> but like it just I look back jelly on beans it. dude yeah those jelly beans <laughs> on that yeah that dragon, <laughs> dragon. Bus, yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> this burn into my memory the um, <laughs> it's it's a less frustrating kind of difficulty when I look back on it though, than what yeah. I experienced with Battletoads. Yeah, but yeah, like, totally. Yeah. And that's what I mean though. Like all of that, like 90% of that Battletoads was the same for me. It was like hard, like frustrating, but fair apart from those two or three cases where it was like dumb checkpoints, just dumb checkpoints. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just let down back up my things. Cause Cuphead was like a nine or a 9.5. It's like an absolutely amazing game. Whereas Cuphead yeah, like I said, Battletoads, I would probably pop in the eight because the rest of it is genuinely really good. Um, I don't think I played a game like that before, but where it tosses so much new shit at you every level. You know, like so now you're beat 'em up. Now you're a driving game. Now you're doing puzzles. Now you're in fucking space yeah. or some shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah there, there, there was a lot of variety. So, but yeah, um, it was I'm, good. It's, I, 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 I'd recommend it, you know, as um, if you're not into like super hardcore stuff, just put it down on easy or medium. It's still worth the ride. It's on Games Pass. It's a, it's a up to three players, pretty kick-ass um, local it's game. What, so. it's, it's, it's probably like a six-hour game. Yeah, six to eight hours probably. Yeah, I yeah think it's too. probably about eight for us, but bullshit checkpoints. It's probably yeah. about six hours. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. We we literally spent there because you can look at all your levels when you finish the game. And all the levels were like 10 minutes, 12 minutes, 15. Yeah. And it was like one hour. Yeah. <laughs> two, like one and a half hours. Yeah, there were, there were two levels. 10 minutes. Yeah, there were two levels that were over an hour. And it's just like, those are the ones. Those are the stupid fucking levels without yeah, the checkpoints. Yeah. We end up getting so superstitious. 
we weren't changing anything in the room. <laughs> yeah, we blessing the run with like everything. <laughs> we had like a jump pattern where we had to cross streams. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, we were like, it's over, and we just had to yeah. like commit suicide. It was ridiculous. It was just you know when a game makes you go that crazy. Um, yeah. I don't know. There's, there's part part of me like quite likes how like masochistic it is though, because you just have to. You've got to have so much attention, and like I can't remember the last time my like attention has been taxed that much. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Oh yeah, I, I remember you dying a few times. You, you just like like after you died, you literally just like slammed your hand in the sofa. <laughs> and you're like I just I had like half a millisecond where I thought about what we were gonna have to eat, <laughs> and that was it. <laughs> I was dead. <laughs> yeah. There was, it was just it. like any lapse in concentration. 100% focus. Or you're just dead. You just hit a wall. You're dead. It does because it went on for so long and you're just trying to like avoid walls literally by just going left and right on the analog stick. And it just, but it just went on for so long without a checkpoint. You just start like zoning out. And it's the second that happens, you're fucked. It's, it's deadly stuff. Oh yeah. Yeah. Anyway. But yeah. That's Battletoads. Yeah. If but... we didn't sell you on it, then fucking <laughs> fuck you. Yeah, the QR consensus was seven point five, so go play it. Yeah. You tell us what you we think. We fucking hate it and we fucking hate it. That's <laughs> the consensus. That's my review. I bet you can't finish it. <laughs> Wicked. Yeah, so um you. there is um there is some stuff. There is some stuff that's happened, but we have we have time to speak about other things. Um, because there's no E3 stuff going on. Yeah. And I just thought... I, I wanted to speak about this for a while, because I want to see what you think. Of what you think... As, especially as we've come into now the realm of, like, Ratchet and Clank's come out, you know, first next-gen exclusive. Um, we've come into the realm of Xbox announcing, you know, a handful of games that are just coming out in Series S and X over the next year, be it Starfield or Redfall, um, Flight Simulator quite soon there's other ones that I'm, I'm missing what what for you makes a next gen game because people like obviously use this as a uh a sort of a metric to decide when they should buy one of these consoles you know oh well i only buy it when there's there's games on it that are fully utilizing the power of these you know the molten cores of the consoles um so it's just like you know for you what does that look like what you know what do you think battletoads battletoads boom sorted next question (laughs) that's it you thought we had time to talk on a very long topic no battletoads that's it tune in next week see you later um I don't know. That's a really tough question. Hmm. Um, you kind of put me on the spot. Well, maybe, um, maybe, maybe it'd be easier to think. What have you played like in the past that you've booted up and you've been like, like, whoa, this is next gen. What What was like turning point? Like, yeah, like when you moved to like the three hundred and sixty, or you moved to the one. Were there any games in particular that stand out to you as like, whoa, this is this feels next gen, uh, whatever that means. I don't know. Not I mean, I, I guess the the most memorable game I had when I moved from 360 to Xbox One was probably Sunset Overdrive um, for me. Hmm. But I don't really know why. I think I do. I was just really fond of that game because it didn't it didn't blow anything out out, out of the water in terms of gameplay length or um, 
or um, graphics or, or or anything like that. But I don't know. I just really like the the overall vibe of the game, which I think is yeah, that's why it's quite a hard question. But what mm. makes a game next gen? Well, exactly. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that just factors into it. I think um, I think obviously because of the increase on on the price of these games, of being sixty five uh, pounds or dollars, where the hell you are in the in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, length does come into it. You know, I want to buy a game that I know I'm I'm going to get a decent amount of hours out of. <laughs> like, mm. I I would definitely expect like double figures and up, like ten hours and up for any single player narrative experience or anything like that. Yeah. I feel like if a game were to come out like the order seventy six or whatever the hell it was called seventeen eighty six eighty six I don't know yeah yeah when that came out and it was like a five hour game I feel like if if they were doing that now and releasing games of that length and charging sixty five pounds I'd just be like that's no that's ridiculous so like length comes into play obviously utilizing the power the graphics that also comes into play um, I does it want something that looks great I mean so- I, I think it does. Like, I wouldn't expect anything absolutely amazing. Like, I know, like this Resident Evil game I'm playing at the moment. That's cross gen, and that's blowing me away with its visuals. But like, you know, I wouldn't be upset games coming out later in the year with that sort of graphic capability. You know, not anything flashier than what I'm currently playing. But I expect it to still be a pretty decent standard, um, at least for the games I'm imagining. Obviously, again, it, it really doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't fall into all platforms. Mm. Like, but I mean, this genres. is like I'm just um, like I'm just being devil's, devil's advocate a little bit because I, but like, I do think this whole kind of obsession with what a next gen game is like it. Like, what does that mean? It's different. For, yeah, you know, it's different for everyone. But also, like, you get to a point where if you're putting so much expectation on what a um, on what a next gen game is, then you're just never going to be pleased. Do you know what I mean? Like, cause, like is it? It's, mm-hmm. and I think a really good one is like a lot of the discourse that's around Halo Infinite. And like, so ever since that's been announced as cross gen, people have been like, you know, we should cancel it for Xbox One because. Uh, but like, ultimately, you know, it doesn't. the The only thing that this seems when people are having this conversation about what cross gen is narrowing or hurting on on like on the next gen consoles by developing cross gen how it's hurting current gen consoles um is the scope but like it reduces the scope of a game and because you can look at ratchet and clank at the moment and you can be like fuck that looks fucking there's so much going on screen this is like an acid trip mm-hmm. oh my good good god and you know there's but there's like also a case to be made like when you look at ratchet and clank and you know the, the thing of that you know ps5 are pushing that as their big powerhouse um, this is the SSD power of the SSD. This would melt your PlayStation 4 if you tried to put it on there. Um, because, you know, you go between, like, fully rendered levels. But, and I haven't played it, but, you know, I've listened to a fair amount of commentary on it. And there are some people who also think that this could have been done on other consoles as well. I mean, it wouldn't be done oh, in the yeah. exact same way and that it would be a fully rendered level zipping into another fully rendered level, but it would yeah. be a trick. You know, they would use a trick to preserve the CPU and the G- and then you... That's been done for ages. Like, you know, God of War, I remember, but didn't have any loading screens. You know, having a game that has no loading screens isn't uncommon and using tricks that maybe don't look quite as good but work and maybe slow down the pace. Like, 
the classic, you know, squeeze through moment. Like twenty, like in the last ten years, we've had so many games with squeeze through moments. You know, from like um, Tomb Raider. I know Uncharted had some Jedi it's Fallen Order. Just to load the next uh, area or or um, set of animations exactly. coming up or anything like that. Yeah. Dark Souls lifts were a big one. I remember them back in the day. Loads of bloody Outriders lifts everywhere. Did it loads. Outriders, yeah. yeah. And do you know what I mean? And, it, and it's not like is losing a squeeze through moment. Is that your parameter for next gen? Because if it is, that's what. Where, what are we even talking about? <laughs> like, I just, so yeah. this is kind of like, and then this is just me being a bit facetious, but because I, I know what you mean, you have a certain, I guess, expectation of what you want to see on screen when you see something that is quote unquote next gen, mm-hmm. and that's just like graphics wise. So I mean, yeah. What do you think? Um. Yeah, I don't know. I I don't see a problem with, you know, I don't feel like I need to have a game like you said that it's just everything's rendered in right now. You know, like everything you can see, you can go to without a load screen because it's just like, well, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not even gonna go all the way over there. You know, that's like two hours away, so I don't care <laughs> if that's rendered in right now. Yeah, like, you know, it doesn't really bother me. So if these things can be like hidden and like you say cleverly um you know used to uh, disguise these things and done on previous gen like like you said that doesn't necessarily um dictate a next gen game for me mm. um it's cool to look at and yeah. i would I'd, I'd, I'd like to just be like oh wow i can see all that but like i've lost you Oh, can you just repeat that? Your 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 headset dropped for a bit. I think it might still be gone. Actually, headset dropped for a bit. I think it might still be gone. Actually. Right, my back. You're back. Cool. It's just uh, once an episode. It just hmm. disconnects. Yeah, it's yeah. it's it's a tra- it's a trait. We have to have it every episode. Um. Anyway, yeah, I lost my train of thought. But yeah, no. Um. <clears throat> Yeah, so I was basically just saying, like, it, it's cool to look at and to be like, to to picture, like, oh, oh, that's loaded in right now and that's all running on my game right now. But, like, it doesn't necessarily need to be loaded in and it, it, it's unnecessary to say it. It's almost like you're tricking the user <laughs> into being like, this is next gen because this is all loaded in right now. Mm. Even though you can't, you're not really going to access it for a while and if you were to get to it in an hour's time, we'd to squeeze you through a rock and you wouldn't even notice while we sneakily loaded it anyway. Yeah. Um, it's not really a, 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 an issue, which is where I guess it's kind of an impossible question to answer the, the whole next gen thing. Cause I mean, I think it, it's, it's that people want something that can only be done on, on the newest consoles that couldn't possibly be done on previous console. But my answer to that is like, my understanding of computing is that things and video game designers that things are a lot more scalable than that you know you just take comp like you could make ratchet and clank on a probably like an atari if you just made it one pixel do you know what i mean like you know Mm -hmm. it's if you just ramp it down to 360p in 10 frames a second then i'm sure you probably could um so it's it's just kind of that it's just kind of that thing. And that, and that's just talking like graphically and performance. But, you know, if we're speaking about actual gameplay elements, you know, there's another whole other conversation around that. I remember when I, a lot of people will 
draw attention to Gears of War when we first moved to the 360 era because that was a big leap to HD which was understandably a huge jump and I would argue that's not necessarily a next gen thing but that movement from SD to HD is what started this whole trend of this couldn't be done because like literally consoles didn't have HDMI's before that do you know what I mean so like literally we were coming to that thing like things can be displayed and they look so much crisper so that is like but i do think of that as something which stands out as next gen and would be described as next gen um and that's not necessarily from a gameplay perspective that's from graphical as well so but i think that's more reflective of the the technology evolving rather than a console thing you know yeah it's just sort of catching up with the times isn't it yeah right um it's, I mean, the same thing will probably happen when, um, well, I mean, the same thing will, is, is happening with like 8K and stuff like that. Um, mm. These days, we're slowly moving into into uh, into 8K stuff. Yeah. Um, and yeah, will, will that be a leap as well? I don't know. Yeah, it's, I mean, I think, I think, you, say. I think you could argue it, it's making less of a splash because 4K is you know there's diminishing returns on this stuff people don't see it quite as well 4k tvs have are having like a slower pickup rate from what i understand mm. they're like hd tvs whereas they sold quite quickly because they're affordable 4k tvs are still a bit more of a premium so i don't know if i the thing is really i don't know if we'll ever have the same thing happen ever again where you're going to get a unanimous agreement of like whoa look at these next gen games because i just it's not the 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 way that the gradation of the way that technology is moving through consoles is a lot uh, less steep. Like it's a lot flatter now, whereas moving from SD to HD was obviously very, very a big, a steep movement. Um, I guess you could even argue that next gen, you know, all this stuff with uh, Xbox working to make everything much more accessible and being used in the cloud, you know, that's way more next gen than, than having a pretty looking game right i would i would accept like, that yeah yeah being able to just like play halo infinite on my android phone while i'm at work on my lunch break is way more of a technological leap than um than playing the the next god of war that looks really good kratos head is shiny you know like <laughs> yeah <laughs> i would argue that's probably that's probably the next step in 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 next gen. Yeah, um, it's truly just, becoming next gen. Yeah, right. It's, it, 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 accessibility. Right? Totally, and it, you know, it's just. I think you're absolutely right, and it's just like I think broadening. There's something to be said about people broadening their ideas of what they think of when they think of next gen, because I don't think it's particularly fair that certain games are get put into that category and other games don't. You know, when we think about. People, some people, a lot of people say Ratchet and Clank feels like that. Then other people say Demon Souls doesn't. Mm. Even though you know, I know Demon Souls is just on PS5. Then other people will say like, and it's just funny because as we've come to, up to E3 and stuff, and we've had reveals for Horizon Zero Dawn and the other Horizon, uh, Forza Horizon Five. These are two mm. cross-gen games which look bonkers. So yeah. like we, we've kind of moved to that where now, you know, it's even it's like. Um, making it even more of a grey area because clearly these cross-gen games can look ridiculously good, you know, despite the fact. 
So, I mean, that brings me to like the uh, the second part of it, which, like I said, gameplay. And there are there are two games that stick out to me from last gen that I like in my head are associated with the label of next gen, which may or may not be fair. But one of them was ti- the first Titanfall. Um, yeah. Was there anything particularly uh, impressive on like a performance or s- software side? Not really. But I hadn't seen the idea done before. I know there's been like Mech Assault or Mech Warrior. I know there was stuff like that. But you know, it hadn't been done quite as neatly and in a way which was as fluid as Titanfall. Um, mm-hmm. And I've got very distinct memories playing that. And the other one was the first um, uh, Middle-Earth Shadow of Mordor. Yeah, that was the first one, wasn't it? Yeah. With the yeah. whole Nemesis system. And that's like, nobody's replicated that since. Nobody's done yeah, anything like it since. Very cool. And again, like, is that something... Having said that, maybe it was, because um, it released on the 360, but they had to take out the Nemesis. It was it was the same game, but just anemic, because it, it, it didn't have... Um, it didn't have the nemesis system so maybe maybe that was so you know and these things are very subjective and they're very rare and it's like even though it happened with the nemesis system i was i thought we were going to see that sort of system popping up Mm. in rpgs across the board but we never did so it's like i think maybe these things what we what people consider to be a next-gen game are way rarer than what this is like a once in a gen kind of thing, you know. If 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 that's how strictly and narrowly you're going to try and define it, and then it has to, it really has to be something that can only be done on that piece of hardware, and it has to be amazing on all fronts, or innovative mm. on all fronts. You know, it's it's going to be rare, and you know, like uh, I just think re- recalibrating our expectations on that is probably healthy. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. It it, it can be, it can be from anything i mean yeah it's how anyone kind of perceives how they want to see a next gen game as well because lots of people would just be like oh i need graphics um but lots of people would look deeper into the game and just be like you know this specific gameplay element as you as you said with the nemesis system that Mm -hmm. you know that's what defines it um accessibility like i said with the cloud gaming and stuff like that that defines it's it's different to how it's different to even what kind of like what level of gamer you are as well mm-hmm. like are you just a casual gamer do you only hop on like a couple hours a week and you've got kids and stuff like that you know all this factors into what you would determine to be a next gen gaming experience and everything so it's it's kind of an impossible question to answer to yeah yeah well i mean that was that's that's the gist of it really you know i i do think there is a bit of a temptation for different conversations around the internet to, to that, will, that may convince you that a, a next gen game is a very particular you know like type of game like you know it's it's a third person over the shoulder narrative quick action game and you know loads of stuff fucking happens on the screen and you can shoot guns really fast. but it's like that is you're just kind of setting yourself up for disappointment with that i feel because you're also robbing developers of the chance to blow you away you know a little bit if you're if you're expecting the worst of anything that's not going to fall into that formula. So, yeah. And I think, you know, you're, you're spot on as well about the, I hadn't thought of this, but like, especially moving to this gen where we've had a lot of, um, convenience features. I mean, not, not just even on the series X, you know, like on PS five, um, the dual shock, a lot of people have defined that sort of hardware innovation as something which feels next gen to them. And um, mm-hmm. who am I, who am I to argue with that? I mean, it, does sound pretty fucking cool. Oh yeah. I mean, I've heard it's amazing. With the yeah. So, yeah. So like you know, for some people that's made like Returnal, and that's made games feel more 
next gen to them and you know for me on the series s and x side you know things like quick resume like it bonkers convenience you know this um you know frame rate boost i went back and i played through um fallout 4 in 60 frames um i've booted up skyrim at 60 frames pray dishonored one and you know this stuff is just amazing so i would consider these next gen features maybe not games but yeah you know i think you i think you're spot on with that i mean i i would definitely yeah i I I mean our podcast is named after it but yeah i would definitely (laughs) agree that quick quick resume is 100 percent an next gen feature i mean that physically couldn't be done without an ssd inside um inside the consoles where um (laughs) the previous consoles didn't have that so it, it physically couldn't be done like um no matter how much they they might want to do it so yeah i guess right now and speaking at, at this point you know uh it's not really a game that's uh defining uh next gen is it it's it's, mm. it's really just that piece um that piece of software that little bit of convenience yeah yeah absolutely well, well there you go that's our take on next gen games um uh, anyone who uh anyone who made it this far um, let us know what you think your idea of a next gen game is maybe mm. in the comments below yeah and, and yeah. let us know of like a game maybe that you've played in the past that you feel to you had been a next gen game it'd be interesting to hear mm-hmm. excellent okay so on to a couple of the news items um, throughout well I mean we are a bit late with the podcast this week if you if you didn't know um, so life got in the way life gets in the way life finds a way mm-hmm. life finds a way to get in the way um, I wanted to start um, by looking at a certain individual. Um, Kim Swift um, was one of the original devs for developers for Portal, um, and she's been involved in lots of other stuff for Valve. Um, I think she was involved in some Left 4 Dead 2 stuff and Half Life as well. She's been recruited. She's been hired by Xbox um, to help with their cloud service, particularly making cloud games or help games use cloud features. And um, it's been suggested, implied by GamesBeat and, and Jeff Grubb that this is for Kojima's game. Um, again, you know, supposed supposed Xbox game. Um, so, and I don't know if this is xbox trying to make games use cloud again or if this is just a focus on on making x cloud more usable like i don't know because i mean what would you think about xbox going back to games using cloud because there's one game that sticks out to me in my head oh, tried to use the it. cloud don't say it <laughs> and we it promise was, um, you wouldn't say it Smack Clown. WWE you know? Smack, Smack, <laughs> Smack Clown 3. <laughs> Smack Clown 3. Yeah. Yeah. You know the one. That game. Um, so, I mean, I don't know what to think. Because, I mean, maybe... I mean, we are seven years ahead from when they announced Smack Clown 3. You know, so maybe there is more of an opportunity to use cloud stuff. I mean, I mean, what do you think? Like, do you see a future for, like, cloud integration with games? Mm-hmm. I mean, it just they were just saying the uh, all the stuff with uh, Forza, the new Forza. Um, so much of their scenery in and like no, it wasn't Forza. Sorry, it was um, Flight Sim. 
They were saying yeah. all of their all of their scenery, all of their trees, and like like seventeen billion trees or something are just being rendered like as you see them mm. in the cloud. It's a good example. Like they're not actually running from the game. Um, so yeah, no, I I can absolutely see that. Yeah, I mean, Crackdown fucking sucked. They didn't do it, and I'm pretty sure they just like ditched it as well. They only made it for the multiplayer game mode, didn't they? That it is always what they said, that but they were always a bit vague. Just botched it. I think I think they said it would only. Oh, what did they say? I can't, I can't remember what he's. I remember that they they said it would only be available in one of the modes, and but they were quite vague about it. I think to give them wiggle room in case they couldn't get it into you know the single player or whatever the campaign. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, but no, you're um, absolutely right. Yeah, there definitely is. Um... There, yeah, there definitely is space for it. Um, I don't know how sort of like in depth it can be. Like, if it's stuff that you you interact with, um, like very often, I don't know how how convincingly something like that can run in the cloud, or whether or not it's just used for like scenery and um, a lot of stuff that you're not necessarily interacting with all the time, but just helps the overall experience, enhance the overall experience, and stuff like that you know maybe it's just um that sort of stuff but i mean i don't see why a a portal dev (laughs) would know so much about this (laughs) i mean they they help make portal well they've been working at valve cloud technology they've been working at valve for the last 20 25 years so you know they've been at the they've been um yeah they've been out of game development for a while they were they you know back in the day they were a big part she was a big part in the, in the development of those games but she's been in like cloud technology for valve since um so, so that's oh, okay. that's that's why um, that makes a bit more sense i didn't yeah. realize that she actually worked in a a cloud specific division for valve yeah it's just what the headline says you know portal everybody knows what portal is <laughs> yeah i was about to say i was just like so what if she created portal was why is she going to help us with cloud technology yeah you listen to this, Jeff. Peabody. Like, I don't understand. That title <laughs> sort, doesn't make any sense. Sort your shit out, grubby grub. Yeah, that title <laughs> makes no... I read that and I was like, so what? <laughs> the, the guy fucking who made Elex is going to fucking come out and help us make cloud technology. I wish. Doesn't make any sense. Yeah, actually, it reminds me, actually, have you, um, did, have you seen any of the stuff about... There's been like a big conspiracy about Kojima recently. Um... And in the fact that he is a conspiracy. Well, I mean, it is entirely possible. I think at this point, Kojima is just a very complex, like AI sent back from yeah. the future to just drop like really subtle messages into into his games. Yeah, yeah. I could see that. I, I yeah, I'm I'm compared. Anyway, that wasn't the conspiracy. That's just my conspiracy. We just made one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> got, got another one. Add it um, to the list. There was this game that was revealed like as a PlayStation game. It was a bit weird, like a couple of months ago, and it was like a first-person game, and it looked really pretty. The frames were a bit choppy, um, and there was like a name teased for it, and it was called Abandoned. But there was no like dev or anything was said. Like there was no information about it. It was just really weird, and a lot of people have been like, "This is a secret Kojima game." Wow, and then <laughs> like people like it's like a Turkish. Uh, I don't want to say the wrong thing. It like it's it, it's a foreign studio and they translated the name i don't even know how this works because a name is a 
proper noun, so I don't know how you can translate a proper noun. So anyway, and it came into, it turned into Kojima once they translated it to, was it, is, is Kojima Korean? Maybe. Yeah, anyway, sure. it's fucking stupid. I don't know if you've, I don't know if you had heard about this. I um, have not heard about this. So, and everybody was thought that this whole thing with Kim Swift was tying into that with, with the portal, the, you know, the portal dev and the cloud thing. But turns out it's a load of shit because, yeah. that you know, people were like going nuts about it, but it's, it's like not a thing. The devs like gone on camera and said, please, please <laughs> stop. Yeah, stop. I've received so many death threats. Please. Do not, yeah, do not go down this rabbit hole any further. Yeah. Um, okay. And then, you know, so there was that. And then as the third Kojima story. Um, wow. Yeah, I know. We, we know that, and we've spoken about this before, that, that, you know, Kojima is in talks with, you know, there's talks with the lawyers at the moment going on to try and get him to sign on for an exclusive game. And this game was supposedly the one that he was working on for Stadia, um, which would which would obviously would have been a streamed game, hence <laughs> the, the whole cloud stuff. Um, and this game was supposedly oh, yeah, going to be episodic. Um, and the who this comes from an insider called Souls Hunt. I'm not very familiar with him. Apparently, or, or uh, apparently they've been fairly consistent. Um, but they said. Microsoft isn't going to buy the studio, so Kojima Studio. Um, Sony would have refused the project because they didn't like the episodic format. Thoughts on an episodic format from Kojima? Uh, well, I don't see why Sony wouldn't like that. It's just a cash cow, isn't it? <laughs> Charge everyone for each episode. It's because it doesn't um, fit their mold. $65 per episode. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't know. I mean... I've never been one for, I mean, I guess by episodic format, you mean in the way like Life is Strange is done and, That's right. and like all those games like Wolf Among Us and all the t- tales, that sort of thing. You know, it's it's not, you get like episode one, you play it and you wait for episode two to get released. I assume so. I assume that's what um, it means, yeah. I've, I mean, I've never been a huge fan of that format. I don't think I've ever actually played a game using that format. I don't know if it's because that turns me off or if I've just never got around to playing a game that uses that format. Um, I so, bet it's just because there's an overlap between the type of games that tend to use episodes and the games that you tend to play. Like it, or don't. What are you trying to, to say? You know, bitch. You know, trying to say I just like, bitch. I just, I just like clicking on heads. Is that what like clicking to say? on heads, yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, they, uh, I mean, they usually like right. not gameplay heavy games. Are they? You know, they usually like heavily cinematic, clicky clicky yeah. games. Click on dialogue games. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, yeah, so I guess if you think about it that way, that is kind of the only way I can see a game being done in an episodic format. I feel like it's really weird to, to release a game that's like action, you know, stuff's mm-hmm. happening and then suddenly it just cuts you off. It's like, ah, I'm so too soon. It's just like, what? Yeah. You know, like you, you but... kind of have to have it, your hand held and be taken through like a, uh, a, like, a story i guess for a mm-hmm. for a game like that to work in that sort of format well i mean that's what we're i mean it but isn't that so interesting it's so interesting that it's something that we literally cannot conceive <laughs> like we we can't even imagine even though we're very used to the idea of episodes and tv we're 
you know, it's just like, how the fuck does that even work? You know, it doesn't, in our heads, it doesn't make sense. I do, I do think it's quite interesting because we all have, like, an idea of, like, what a video game should look like and people tend to, like, react kind of badly to things that maybe fall outside of that. And there is a precedent for games to not do so well when they do leave that format. So, you know, it's understandable. Like, you know, the one that comes to mind is Hitman 2. They did that in episodes and it was received critically very well, but commercially didn't do very well because the episodic format confused people. Um mm. You know, I I was the same. I always remember thinking the games look kind of cool, but I was like, I don't really understand how this this works, so I didn't even bother looking into it. Um, yeah. You know, but I think there's there's definitely there's a there's a case to be made for experimentation with this sort of stuff. And if he's you know if he wants to do that, go for it. You know, and I, like you said, I don't know. Does it mean? Do, and because when we when we think of episodes, we think of you know one episode this week, one episode next week. And it might not necessarily even yeah. be that. It might just be eight standalone installments that, you know, all get released at once. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah. And if it is that, then I think I'm more on board than not. Because let's be honest, no one likes waiting. Like, no mm. one likes waiting um, for an episode to come out. I mean, I know I'm waiting for the next episode of Loki to come out tomorrow, and it's really annoying me because I just want to watch it now. Yeah. Um, no one likes waiting for the next Marvel um, movie to come out to continue and, and like continue the Thanos story and all that sort of mm-hmm. stuff. That arc, like, so it does like time. Time gating does play a huge factor, I think. Oh, um, and and I'm not really too sure it's a meta. what. Yeah, and I'm not really too sure like what the what like the time period was between like life is strange episodes and like mm. wolf among us episodes how long were they I've, i feel I've like no they, idea. it was like a decent chart i remember caden one of our friends was literally just like he played like episode one and he was just like oh i've been waiting like a month for or like two months for episode two like for life Jeez. is strange i can't wait to play it. and i was just like I'd hate that. I'd be mm. like, what happened in episode one again? <laughs> I'd be like, I can't even remember. Yeah, that. that's a fair point. I um, mean, co- correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know the, the time, the timelines of when those episodes were released. But I don't know either. The, the only proper, like, conventional episodic game I've played is Tell Me Why. Um, and that was three episodes, and they came out week, week on week. Um, mm. So, you know, it was at the end of every week, and I, I don't think I even... I think I played them over the period of over the course of like four or five weeks. You know, they were like six hours long a piece. Um, really nice length. Um, you know, well paced. Whatever, good games. Um, still free, I think, for Pride Month. By the way, if anybody wants to go download it, and still on Games Pass anyway, so just do that. Um, yeah, so I, I guess it does depend, but it, you know, I think it's also quite interesting that we do think of these Life is Stain, Strange. Tell me why. You know, the Don't Nod, the Telltale games. Because that's just what we're used to. That's just what we like see in our head when we think episodic. But I'm playing through Mass Effect, and I'm now on Mass Effect Three. And why can't I call that episodic? <laughs> I have three fairly chunky games, maybe fifteen hours long. Because you know, they've already playthrough. been released, Eric. and they were years apart when they were being made. No, but what's to stop this being a new game released today and then not calling that episodic? That's what I'm saying. The format we're just used to a format of games which are released week on week. They're typically small size. I'm I'm saying why can't you just why couldn't there be feasibly a game which is 
instead of a 50 hour game it's five 10 hour games but it's released all at once and it's you know it's obviously set up in episodes so it has its own themes per episode gameplay elements per episode yada yada um yeah that's my point it's just that well you know i think of it as like an accordion <laughs> this is gonna be my okay. best analogy yet <laughs> yeah let's go an accordion and the way that we can't think can't think of um episodic games is when the accordion is squished pull it out of man. course pull the accordion the accordion out you know holy shit pull the accordion out hashtag pull the accordion out just tweet tweet that to like every big developer <laughs> just gonna tweet it to Kojima <laughs> or block me on the spot out. no he'd yeah. just be like what does this kid know how does he know <laughs> how did he know that was like, my strategy <laughs> I come from the future. How the hell did you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's just it's just funny that yeah, uh, because I because because I'm playing through them one after the other, and obviously it is episode one, two, and three, and they do vary. I know their evolutions and their sequels rather than like you know standalone episodes that are like parallel. But it still kind of feels episodic, you know? It still kind of feels like one is coming off to the other. They're chunky. They're obviously very fleshed out. But they're not like so different that I feel like I'm playing different games, you know, they, they you know, you get my point. It's just um that's mm-hmm. what I'm kind of interested to see when as as that kind of episodic format uh continues to evolve. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm always up for seeing developers try something new and be creative. You know, I'm not against it at all. Um, I even quite like, you know, when Quantum Break did its thing where it mixed it with a TV show. I mean, actually, I didn't like it that much. It kind of <laughs> tore me away from the game, especially because they were like an hour long as well, yeah. uh, the episodes. But like, you know, I, I appreciate the devs went for something new and I still bought their game and played it. So like, you know, go for it in my eyes, at least. Yeah, and you pull know, the accordion out. Pull the accordion out. Exactly. You know, literally, <laughs> if you want me to consult with you, um, I'm, my my rates are quite cheap, five thousand an hour. Um, That's cheap. And I can give you so many music instrument analogies. <laughs> uh, For five thousand an hour, I'd expect about five thousand analogies. Uh, yeah, I can. I can probably. Anyway, so I mean, we didn't even. We, and we obviously we didn't even touch on like the benefit that that has for Games Pass. Like obviously, it's in everyone's mind. You know, everyone was saying this when Games Pass got big. Like, what if all of Xbox games become episodic? Because that's what benefits. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> However, this is one exception <laughs> where where it, it will be interesting to see how how uh, games like this, like if they get better retention rates because of the ease of access rather than having to pay for each episode every time it comes out or you know whatever so you like you just can play them when they come out because you're a games pass owner like you so that you know there is a good argument for those two things pairing well together yeah absolutely pull that accordion out pull that hashtag pull the accordion <laughs> the accordion theory yeah Declan Marshall boom 29th of June 2021 this is finally how I get published. I'm so excited. Oh no! I just, I just said the date. <laughs> oh no! People know when we recorded this. <laughs> they know we're slacking. We're probably all right. Okay, yeah. we'll move on from Kojima before uh, he 
snipes my head off. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, There was... So uh, this is kind of cool. There was some nice stuff around... um, I think this was a last week thing. So we are slow on the news. I know. Get over it. Sorry. Um, Xbox said that they're like going to start having a like branding stuff. But they're part. Essentially, they're just partnering with people for for monitors and TV screens. Uh, but I think this is really good because if you've ever, I mean, maybe people just aren't as much uh, of a loser as I am. But it took me maybe eighteen months to land on what TV I wanted to buy just because it's quite confusing, especially if you're someone who enjoys like premium tech and like premium gaming. Like the language is really genuinely quite confusing. You know, is it 4K? Is it UHD? Is it HDR? HDR 10? HDR plus? VSS? Who knows? That it's really confusing. So it's, I think it's nice that Xbox are like, people do not have the attention span for this we'll do the legwork so they've partnered with a couple of people for you know monitors and tvs i think philips for the tv which looks bloody lovely by the way um which has you know you buy that and you know this is going to be the best performing tv for your xbox it's going to have all the good shit and it's going to be fully optimized i'm 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 into that oh yeah absolutely yeah it just takes all it just takes all the guesswork and and the, the legwork that you have to do um out of the equation yeah Mm. for sure i mean you might have to pay a little bit more of a premium price because there's an xbox logo slapped on it and it's just like play this but it's going to help a lot of people like 100 percent um i'm completely on board with that um so i'd I'd pay extra Mm. if i was someone and i didn't know anything about that and it's just like this tv has like a, a 50 50 60 70 quid markup on another tv i was looking at that i didn't understand what what it was but this one is convincing me it's the right one i'd just spend that extra money and just get it knowing that i i won't regret my purchase or be like oh i wish i got hdr plus exactly it's bollocks it's so bollocks because yeah like i mean with my tv i don't know about yours but mine doesn't do 120 frames for example it doesn't have um variable rate refresh vrr which is like a new hip thing that xbox mm. is starting to roll out which should and there are some games which will run at 60 if your tv has that that won't run yeah. if your tv doesn't so you know these things can be can make quite a lot quite a big difference um oh, yeah. so yeah it's it's i you know in my eyes it's worth paying the premium for xbox to have done the legwork for you to make sure mm-hmm. everything's in place you know and it too it's going to be future proof to a degree if you use it mostly for gaming as well um and so this is coming about um, in the Philips Momentum, <clears throat> which I think is coming out this summer. It's 55 inch. It comes with a built-in soundbar. Um, looks bloody lovely. It has got it's got like a single standalone leg, um, which I actually don't know how I feel about. But yeah, it's got built-in soundbar at the bottom, um, and I think it was one thousand five hundred dollars. So for us, that's what one thousand two hundred pounds, maybe one thousand three hundred. So I mean, it is yeah. it's it's pricey. It's a pricey TV, but it's not so premium that it's unobtainable you know it's not yeah um, it's not hyper premium yeah so yeah that's um and and that's gonna they're gonna start slapping the the, like a made for xbox kind of logo on stuff so you know what when that's around which i think is really really nice yes x cloud x cloud do you use x cloud still Mm, i haven't for a while it's kind uh, of shit. Yeah, it's kind. Of, it's not next gen. What was I saying earlier? Yeah. It's shit. No, um, 
Uh, I, I did use it a little bit when I used to work in, in my office um, a little bit. And I had, um, you know, sort of lunch breaks, you know, 40, 45 minutes away from my house. So I couldn't just because right now I literally just like lunch break. I swivel around on my chair and turn on my Xbox. <laughs> but like back then, I like I, I couldn't do that. So I did do it a little bit uh, back then, but I haven't played it or used it for, for, for quite a while. Yeah, cool, cool. So it's um, if you if you ever have used it, you'll noticed you will have noticed that sometimes the yeah, I mean, you won't notice on things like resolution and probably even things like frames because that would be bottlenecked by your you know your, your internet speed and whatever your phone displays, depending on what phone you have. But things like loading yeah. speeds, you might have noticed, and that's because the server blades. And by the way, people throw around this language like I know what that means, and I don't know what that means. So I had to figure out what the. Do you know what that means? Uh, kind of. Well, so this is what I read, and then after finding out, you know, I understood. But people said XCloud has Series X server blades. Series S, sorry, fuck. Series S server blades. Um, but very recently that got upgraded to Series X server blades. What do you think that means? Do you think it's some sort of fancy cyberpunk installment into Phil Spencer? Because that's what I thought. I mean, I'm guessing a server blade is some kind of... It's it's like a some kind of uh, instance that the, the game sort of runs on. Because, I mean, essentially you're playing it on a VM aren't you what does that mean a virtual machine it's kind of like that's what you're doing you're kind of remoting onto a a cloud-based instance or virtual machine that has the capability uh, the power to run these games for you and stream it to whatever device you're remoting onto it from Mm. it it, it's sort of like a similar thing like i've done something similar for for like for like work for like our remote editors and stuff like that because their pcs aren't like strong enough and stuff like that or or anything like that what they do is they just remote onto um a a virtual machine that i built for them in the cloud that has all the programs installed onto it and then they they just do the editing on that remoting from their pc so Mm. there's no their pc is not using any of the hardware sort of thing clever so I'm, I'm assuming a blade is is some some kind of instance that these things are run on. Uh, no, you're wrong. It's just a new set of knives um, branded by Xbox. Oh no way! <laughs> the series X knives. Fridge. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's amazing. <laughs> uh, yeah, I should have just asked you, dude. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, it's just it's running off Series X hardware. So now when you're loading stuff on XCloud, it's all fucking zippy and stuff, which is really nice. Uh, and that just rolled out this week. So before that stuff loaded slowly, um, which I did notice because I, I played um, Hollow Knight a little bit. Um, only a little bit because it was a terrible idea because Hollow Knight is obviously quite a snappy game. Um, mm-hmm. There'll but, be some input there. Yeah, but I did notice the... Uh, the loading difference so yep yeah, it's not it's nice to see that up up uh, upgrading because i do i think it's really nice and the interface now especially now that it's on mac because that's a, a big thing for me and that kind of will come onto our next story as well um i don't have the option to use remote play off my mac yet because you have to use that on the xbox app and there's an xbox app on iphones but not on a mac so and of course i would 
there's only a hand selected games on xCloud whereas remote play obviously you can remote play anything and it's sometimes it's nice to just go like next door or you know not take up the lounge and things like that so um I'm waiting for that personally but I, I like that this stuff is constantly getting better because um I like I, I do use this stuff I do it's um nice to use um so that will be a good place for me to segue into um I don't even know if I've oh no I do yeah, um, segue into the next story, which was about Xbox um, making uh, i supporting iOS devices officially. So, okay. oh no, maybe I don't have it here. No, I don't think I do. I don't for whatever reason I don't have it in my notes. But essentially, um, they there were some devices that supported Xbox, like kind of unofficially, and there was one. Um, the Kishi, which is what I have, which is like a little, you know, controller holder, uh, sorry, phone holder that looks like an Xbox controller. So you can clip it on and play X Cloud Remote Play or whatever. Um, that was like the one that was sponsored by Xbox, but now they've like expanded their range for like lots of different iOS devices, which does nothing other than cost more. Um, and you get an Xbox button on it and the letters are the right way around, which is quite nice because my brain properly shrivels up when i'm holding something like a switch but it's an xbox because my thumb thinks a is on the right but it's not it's at the bottom so it is nice when the letters are the right way around i say right way around when they're the xbox way around um that because otherwise it it really does throw me off so yeah i mean this makes no difference to you because you don't have an iphone but i mean have you looked into any of these little devices at all i guess you probably don't need to because you don't use it that much no, yeah, I don't really use it that much. Um, and when I did, I mean, I just used the Bluetooth controller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I go, I go back and forth on. This. Sometimes I do, but sometimes pissing around with Bluetooth is just really annoying. You know, sometimes it's just inconsistent. I can't do it without turning my Xbox on, which is annoying. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Because like, if you go next door, you have to turn your controller on and then hold the sync button and then that starts pairing. But by that point, your Xbox is already on. Uh, I, find that, I see what you mean. I find that a bit I mean, annoying. I mean, I just I just have a, a standard uh, Xbox controller. Um, obviously, one of the, the newer generation ones that have Bluetooth. I don't use like my Elite V2. So that one isn't actually synced to my Xbox at all. Oh, it's not paired to anything? Uh, right, no, fair it's enough. not paired to anything. Fair enough, yeah. So I, I got a clip a while back, you know, some of those clips that were, I mean, they're still popular, but you know, that you hook onto the back of the controller and then it holds your phone up. Yeah. 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 I've got, I've got one of them as well. Um, but I generally find it's not as comfortable, even though I'm using the, like my fancy elite two controller. I just, it's just a bit wonky to use and the Bluetooth thing is annoying. So I just end up using one of these clips. It's just so much more convenient, you know? Um, mm-hmm. But that's, yeah, that's just me. Cool. So more support for iOS. Um, I like that. Uh, Philly, please give me an Xbox app. I tweeted him just the other day. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Follow yeah. our Twitter. Yeah, follow our Twitter. Is that the first time we've ever said that? I don't know. We tweet no. funny things like that. Yeah. <laughs> funny. Long hashtag. Um, stre- fuck. What was it? Long, long accordion. <laughs> long accordion. Long no. Ac- Stretch the uh, accordion. You stretch the accordion. Yeah, there's that. I'm gonna have to pull out it. the accordion. Pull out the accordion. Yeah, it's clearly very 
memorable. Yeah. <laughs> uh, fantastic. Inside Infinite. Everyone's yeah. most anticipated. It's a little game. It's a little, tiny, small indie game coming out towards the end of the year. I don't know if you've heard of it. Um, Inside Infinite, obviously, uh, 343's little monthly blogs that they do going in depth on certain elements of the game. Um, they did one uh, just last week, which was quite surprising considering they just had a big blowout at E3, but hey-ho. I have taken the liberty of uh, compacting this information for you, our oh, listener. You. I mean, yeah, for you, Tim. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and essentially it was a it was a lot of talk about like companion apps like they're making a lot of companion apps for it you know change your armor look at your armor oh look at my spartan oh things like that you know i'm not downplaying it it's just fucking funny um and they did however the more exciting stuff is they spoke about the seasons um and how that's going to work which is really nice because of many of the games as a service games that i've played i think uh apex has one of the best approaches to how they keep things kind of fresh even though i would say they're a bit slower than they should be i like Mm -hmm. this kind of cadence of having a battle pass that lasts three months and that's the theme and everything within those three months you know the smaller events are based on that theme and it's just nice. It's just a nice way to... It gives people enough time to sort of get immersed in it and enjoy it. And then, you know, by the time you get bored of it, something else changes. So three months is a really nice time. And I'm happy with that. And the first season is going to be around the Heroes of Reach. Of Halo Reach. Nice. That's a cool theme. Yeah. Which is why the graphic for E3 had like a meal on it. And some of the Halo Reach um, Spartans. Oh, hey. Yeah. So... Nice. Not only that... They said that the armor available within the seasons are going to be canon armor sets, you know, oh. so normal stuff. So the the good stuff, but canon stuff. Um, That's cool. And then they'll also have events that they call fractures, and in those events, it's going to be the you know the wackiest stuff, the non-canon stuff. The samurai set, for example, that we saw in the multiplayer trailer. So, this is really nice. You know, I think this is a really nice way to move away from that kind of military focus. Even though everyone's gushing over the armor in Halo Infinite, and it like it does look great, but I like to see the artists be able to flex their muscles a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, that samurai armor look fucking dank. So oh, it looks fucking awesome. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, that's that's great. It just, yeah, it kind of just, um, it scratches that itch for people who want to stay, like, canon to Halo, and they, they don't want it to be, you know, they, they very much want it to be in, in that in that line um, and not go, go too crazy with it. But then it also, you know, benefits uh, the people that like the, the more wackier stuff and don't really care that much about you know this isn't canon like this isn't this type of armor it's just like just have fun with it it's just best of both worlds isn't it it just yeah. it caters to all, all your types of players so um yeah i'm all for it yeah that's cool yeah and Very i think cool. you know I'm, I'm somewhat happy to hear that you know because you can imagine like different types of events where you know like the samurai set is probably going to be like a japanese set you can imagine there being all sorts of different ones, 
really mm-hmm. um based on different things and um yeah it's just a nice way to integrate sort of traditional stuff and then and wackier stuff for sure yeah absolutely on the topic of halo um do you remember that there was meant to be a tv series a halo tv series do you remember about halo tv series i remember that a lot a long time ago yeah, <laughs> yeah. so <laughs> Um, Dawn sequel? And, uh, well, um, it's lost both of its showrunners. Aww. It's so dead. It's this TV series is dead. so dead. Why? Um, <laughs> it could be so good. It's just... I don't understand. Like, why, why is it so hard to make a Halo TV series? It's probably because they just get so many death threats. Like, as soon as they get announced as the new director, like, Twitter's like, right... Yeah. Chief needs to have a black undersuit or we're going to bomb you. Yeah, and then he gets like tweets from everyone else like if there's an undersuit, I'm going to bomb you. (laughs) Yeah, he's like, Oh my god, get me out. (laughs) I'm getting bombed regardless. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, no. Um I don't know. Yeah, that that's really sad because I think I mean I I don't know about you, but I actually really like the, the Halo. Like movie, it was all right, wasn't did it? Watch, do you ever watch Ford onto Dawn? I did watch it. Yeah, it was good. all right. And they did. I um... that was like fan made, wasn't it? It was like it done in episodes, and I uploaded to YouTube, and they edited it together for a movie and put it on Netflix. And oh, did like they? Oh, I didn't know that. I, I yeah. did watch on Netflix, but yeah, it, it really wasn't wasn't bad. It was at good. All. Yeah, it was good, man. Um, mm. and there was they did like Nightfall, which was like a small episodic series before Halo Five, and it focus around Locke a bit I mean regardless of, of what happened with the direction of Halo 5 it was still good as a, as a standalone little Halo story as well yeah um, I think I watched that I can't remember it but I think I watched it close to the release yeah because it was um, what's his face it was uh, god damn it uh, Luke Cage what's his name I can't remember um, yeah the same guy who you know from, from the Marvel TV series um, Luke Cage mm-hmm. um, him um so I mean, yeah, it was pretty good. But I mean, it must be said that the um, in regards to uh, this losing its showrunners, the the one who has remained on the show is staying until the end of the first season. Um, he's just done with it after that because he's been where where was it? He's been stuck in like Palestine or some shit. Uh, because that's where the filming has been, and obviously throughout the pandemic, that's where the project's been taking place. So he's just like, I, I just want to go home. Like I just, yeah. I want to <laughs> see Halo- my family. <laughs> Halo's cool and all, but I just want to go home. Like so, you know, yeah, you can't blame enough. the guy. So I don't, I don't actually think it's anything to do with the series, you know, flopping or not looking good or whatever. I just this happens. People, different directors take different seasons of shows. You know, it's whatever. It sounds worse than it is, but I can only hope that he's done a good job while he's while he's been <laughs> he's been suffering in Palestine yeah. over COVID. Poor guy. <laughs> poor, poor dude. Yeah. 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 So that's the series. Uh, maybe we'll see it one day. I mean, frankly, who knows? I'd like to. Yeah, I'd like to as well. Yeah. There's a drinking game in there somewhere, but. Oh yeah. Absolutely. There is, it seems, a new mystery game by id, 
developers of Doom and other things that I can't remember right now. Yeah. Uh, that has been rated. Something's been rated in Australia. It's confusing. It's weird. Nobody knows what's going on. Nobody thought it would have anything close to, to done. I mean, nothing got revealed, so presumably there's nothing coming this year. But there has been speculation that this could be something to do with Quake. Uh, what's Quake? <laughs> <laughs> you never played Quake. I, I know. I, I'm te- so I played Quake. I know what Quake is, and uh, people who watch this podcast who are older than me are going to be rolling their fucking eyes so far back they're going to be looking into their frontal cortex. But I don't know really. I know it's like an arena shooter. What's yeah, the difference I mean, between Quake and Doom? Tell me. But I'm I'm the same age as you, and I played Quake Three. I played that loads of my PC. yeah. But you had like a PC. yeah. I gaming, never had PC. No, I, I never had a PC. It's never been a console game, really, has it? What's the difference between Quake and Doom? In my head, they're the fucking same because there's Quake, like the armor. You know, the dude is like fucking burly, like green suit. He's bald. What is it? He's bald. I think he's bald. Yeah. Fair enough. That's the difference. Figure it out. <laughs> I. Did Quake... I can't even remember Quake single-player. Did it have a single-player campaign? Don't, I don't know! I can't, I can't remember. All I remember is playing the multiplayer, which was just really... It was just a crazy, fast arena shooter. Yeah. And I remember there were, like, just... I was always going up, like, grav lifts and just jumping everywhere and flying over lava pits and shooting people with mm-hmm. guns. Um, It was good, man. But I'd, I'd like to see another Quake, but what is this speculation based on? Nothing. People were just like, <laughs> rated, something's there, Quake, fuck it, put it out there, uh, yeah, print I, it, I want it on my desk by Monday. Yeah, literally, I don't think there is anything, um, really, because that, I guess it'd have like a very small um, like pool of IPs, you know, there's like, they started with Wolfenstein and now it's Machine Games doing that, they obviously doom. They did Rage and Quake, and that's kind of it. So people are just kind of assuming, going off the back of a successful Doom reboot, Doom. Yeah. maybe they're going to try and, and reboot Quake. Quake. Um, and quite frankly, I don't care. <laughs> um, because Doom 2016, for as great as it was, it did have a multiplayer section, a component, and nobody cared. No like, one really played it. so I don't know. Are we just like past the age of like the traditional arena shooter? Like, I I don't know. And because to be honest, I wouldn't care. Like, I mean, I mean, maybe I'm maybe I'm fucking wrong. Maybe they could blow my mind with it. But I, the idea of like a buffed up, you know, nine two thousand and one Quake game in really nice graphics is like okay, but like, so what? <laughs> Yeah, I kind of know what you mean. It doesn't. It, it doesn't. Doesn't get my um my juices flowing that much. Yeah, um, and it's like I have it, to admit. Yeah, yeah, even even if even if there was going to be some sort of single player component to Quake, where like like you said, has there ever been? I don't know. But would that not just be Doom with less demons? Yeah, that's kind of just less. It's just not as cool, isn't it? Yeah, it's just, what's the you point? Remove you remove demons, you just—it's just less cool, right? Yeah, I mean, I think Quake was all like alien, not alien, but like space, space. space yeah, <laughs> it's 
Starfield. Oh <laughs> my god! <laughs> I think it was like space. I'm almost thinking like sort of like Warhammer space marine kind of thing. I, I got that kind of vibe from it. Hang on. I'm well. I'm actually on the Wikipedia right now, and I've just something's just caught my eye. <clears throat> The game's setting is inspired by dark fantasy influences, including H.P. Lovecraft's Cthulhu mythos. Dimensional shamblers appear as enemies. The spawn enemies are called formula spawn of Tasafugua in the manual. Oh, absolutely, yeah. I remember those guys. Okay, I'm into it. Make Quake. It's, it's, it's Lovecraftian um, shooter. This is what I mean. I don't fucking know. Look, I trust it. To, if they're going to reboot a game, I trust them to redo it. Maybe it could be like a darker, more RPG heavy single. But I, I, that could kind of, I just, yeah, I, I really am just drawing a blank on what a, a rebooted Quake could do that wouldn't be like, that would be new, that would be fresh, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I kind of know what you mean. But I mean, if, if, if any, if anyone can do it, and reboot something like that. I mean, it would probably do really a really good job. I mean, totally. they fucking nailed the hell out of Doom. Yeah, and made it so crazy, stupid fun again. Yeah, um, nothing at all. What the IP kind of used to be, like the old Doom games. Yeah, they just they just like jacked a crap ton of adrenaline into it. And just <laughs> like, this is it now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is Doom now. Well, like, yeah. To be fair, if you would ask me in 2015, uh, you know, would you like to see a reboot of Doom? I'd be like, I mean, we have like first-person shooter games that we are have already COD. really good. Yeah, <laughs> no, um, thank you. We're quite cultured, actually. <laughs> Black yeah. Ops just came out, so <laughs> no thanks. <laughs> I guess the only other thing would literally be Wolfenstein. The other, the I, I the only other people making like triple a like heavy action first person shooters were are bethesda right i mean i can't maybe i'm being a dum-dum and I, like without you know th- with that being their focus whereas you know cod is obviously heavy multiplayer um there's wolfenstein doom and i i really i can't think of any other so maybe maybe they're just trying to corner that market i mean who knows yeah yeah i could see it i i, I could see quite being being pretty cool if they reboot it so i'm not against it Show me a quake. Show me a quake. Bit of a look shit. Get rid of it. <laughs> yeah, get rid of it. Scrap it for something else. <laughs> get rid. But and that does also beg the question. You know, it. Uh, id working on a new IP. That is very little excites me more. Like that is a very cool. I mean, seeing Redfall announced by Arcane was very exciting. But like id, arguably have more mainstream appeal than what Arcane do somehow. But they do. Um, and I think that could generate a lot of excitement if they were doing something brand new. Um, well, if it's brand new, yeah, I was about to say, I mean, how was it phrased? Did they say new IP or did they just say like new game? Because if it's new IP, it won't be quite obvious. We don't know. It literally was just, it was, I, you know what? Um, I don't know. All I know is that something was rated in Australia from it, from it. I don't know. Okay. We don't know anyone that. So it's, it's basically quite, yeah. That's it's basically quite, yeah, confirmed. Um, <laughs> and, and quite, the, coming out yeah, tomorrow. Yeah. The, the only other thing is that obviously Rage 2 was, was released in May 2018 to, you know, mixed to, to good, like lukewarm reviews. Um, yeah. It's not, and, I played it. It wasn't great. 
Yeah, I played the first hour. It was it was fine, just a bit uninspired to worst, be honest. Worst Doom. Um, shot well, felt well. Like, I did. I I still have it installed because it's one of those games that I could just like whip in a podcast and play it. But yeah, anyway, um, I could see them doing a Rage Three, just like but back to the formula of the first one as well. So, blah. Uh, I don't think they're going to go back to Rage personally. But I think it's done now. Yeah, I think it's done now. I don't think it sold that well, hmm. and it didn't review that well. So I think that's kind of they were just like we tried. We mm. thought it was cool. We liked it. It was a passion project, but clearly our the community didn't you know like it that much. So Quake. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, all roads lead to Quake. Yeah. Is what is what we're getting at. So we're gonna try the same thing with Quake. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Um... All the I mean, higher ups sense. are like, can we just not like roll the dice in all these old games, please? <laughs> this is our money. This is our stonks. Right, no. Like, eh, Quake next. <laughs> Here we go. 50 50. Like tossing coins in the boardroom. Yeah. Guys, what's your passion at? This is Quake. Yeah. Oh, cool. So that's that. I mean, yeah, I don't know. It's just, there was. Um, it reminds me actually uh, what what fucking time we on um, uh, we're alright two minutes to wrap up there was um, Ryan McCaffrey of IGN posted a really good video a couple of weeks ago um, you know he's the dude that covers um, Xbox over IGN and he does um, the what do they call it the they have a name for it for their Xbox podcast I don't know it's not as good as a quick resume podcast but whatever yeah. it's 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 there anyway he did a really good video and he just went over like you know the current state of Xbox essentially and um Man, the the video just kept going. It just kept going. And I don't mean that as a bad thing about him. I just mean because the portfolio of Xbox Studios is just so big. It just keep, You're like, oh, yeah, cool. That's pretty cool. Oh, oh shit. Yeah, I forgot that. Oh, my God. Yeah, no. Oh, my dear God. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? You can come close yeah. to climax. And, and like, obviously, like, one of them, you know, he keeps going and, and it comes up. And you're like, oh, my. It's, just, it's, again, it's a studio we haven't even heard about this year. You know, there's plenty of them. Um, and that I wasn't, I didn't really have, wasn't going anywhere with this other than that there are lots of studios like that that are really good now that Bethesda's under Xbox that we aren't going to hear anything for, but then you'll get reminded that Xbox owned them and you're going to be like, oh yeah, yeah. shit, they're probably going to spit out an 85 or 90 Metacritic game probably like next year. <laughs> like, like we haven't heard yeah. anything about it. So yeah, it's just, they're all just like behind the scenes we haven't heard from them in years they're just like giggling yeah themselves, just yeah. like making the best game ever <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 2023 is our time boy yeah. yeah they haven't even spoken about us yet <laughs> yeah exactly yeah so it's just it's just cool um and i like coming off the back of that is, is a good segue um to, to sort of close the show out really is um and it's not related to xbox but i'm gonna talk about it anyway so sue no. me Sue me! They will! will. (laughs) Um, Today, uh, Sony bought Housemark, um, the studio who made Returnal and Resogun. Uh, Oh, wow. They're acquired today, or is it now? Well, it was announced today. You made us a game that we quite liked. We're now buying you. Yeah. We own you. Just put a collar around their neck. Little tag. And supposedly, when that went live, Sony Japan twitter posted exactly the same graphic but for blue point studios um and blue points the team that did demon souls remaster uh, remake uh shadow of the colossus remake and um 
uh, the Uncharted collection as well. So they've been, you know, okay. close to Sony for a while doing remakes. You know, that's what they're, they're known for. They're known for doing proper good remakes. Um, yeah, yeah. So that's not official yet, but that was posted by the so You know, it was, it was live for like 30 seconds, but, you know, it's on the internet now because they spied it. So we can't, nobody's really sure if it's like fully true, but it's pretty sus. It's a sussy backer. <laughs> no! <laughs> it's just... <laughs> Um, yeah that's pretty cool i i could definitely um see them doing what they did with demon souls with shadow of colossus they've never done it ever huh (laughs) (laughs) they they did then they did yeah yeah no no just do it better (laughs) the re-remake yeah yeah yeah. again (laughs) yeah yeah they already did that yeah they, they, they did do it and to be fair yeah that actually did look pretty good for, for, for whatever reason, I was I saw it as a, a bit of a half-ass remaster, but now I, yeah, it, it actually was quite a nice-looking one. Yeah, I mean they they do bangers. Blue Point do remake yeah. bangers. Um, yeah, I don't actually know how that one was received. I think it was received fairly well, wasn't it? The the remake of Colossus. Yeah, I'm sure. It, well, I'm sure it was. Um... I mean, Shadow of Col- every every single some everyone has such a boner over Shadow of Colossus. It does look like a really cool game, to be fair. It didn't sell well, though, did it? Or something like that. Like, it, it didn't yeah, initially it, sell well. I feel like it flew a little bit under the radar, yeah. It just became a bit of a cult classic. Yeah, right. Just super critically very well received. Um, yeah, so, I mean, this is obviously... I'm not going to call it a response to Xbox buying up, but I think this is Sony somewhat looking at the talent around you know picking some reliable studios that they've already worked with because sony tend to do this they tend to get like like focus in on a set of studios and work with them to the point where they're almost pretty much first party anyway like we haven't seen a xbox game from housemark in like a decade blue points like the same job because they just they just like consistently do exclusive deals with them and I'm not, I'm not trying to say that like a bad thing it's not at all that's just that's just what they do that's just their process and they clearly are realizing if we don't get more bullets in the in the chamber you know so to speak there's going to come a point in 2023 2024 when xbox have a big game coming out every three months and you know we don't have one coming out one every eight six eight months so they're just going to be outpaced so this is yeah. um you know I'm not surprised at all that, that this is happening. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, it's a, it's a smart move. Smart move from them. Fair play. Now, there was on the on the sort of you know closing off on this topic, there is something to be said about um, there has been a lot of bitching, a lot of oh, bitches. No. Yeah, there's been a lot of bitches. Um, you know what bitches get? Yeah, they end up in uh, in, in ditches. Yeah. With stitches. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Have you seen um, Paul Bettany? He, he always says that in interviews. It's really weird. <laughs> no. so, yeah, he's just like, you know, he says, like, snitches end up in ditches with stitches. And everyone's just like, what are you. Have you done this before? <laughs> yeah. Well, blatantly, yeah. Yeah. Um, Good man. Anyway, yeah, little bitches. Um, th- so, obviously, um, we, we've gone over the whole way. Um, purchasing xbox buying stuff ad nauseum um and people have expressed concern over consolidation you know consolidation oh no not market consolidation. that's scary um and 
particularly have been pissed off by the fact that you know Xbox obviously buying something huge like Bethesda is a bit worrying because the main motive is to take games away from other people, yada, yada, yada. Um, and it's inorganic. Now, Jim Ryan, Jimbo, um, huh? Jim, I like to put my foot in my mouth, Ryan, <laughs> um, said only, and this was just last month as well, the dude cannot catch a break. He just says a lot of really stupid shit. Um, and you can find that, you just want to search for the article, you can. He said, uh throwing money at studios to buy them just doesn't work something to that effect um okay and well. amongst the interview you know he essentially was saying you know well we you know we at playstation we um we organically you know grow our studios we cultivate the talent and yada 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 and it's like you know dude of course like, you're just um, i'm not going to attribute this to you but you, you, the teams under you are, you know, obviously do fantastic work. But there was this big sort of, um, it was like, you know, it was like a shot back to say, like, you know, um, inorganic growth is, you know, really not good because, you know, you're just throwing money at teams and that doesn't necessarily make quality, you know, whereas we over here, anyway. So it's just funny that he's literally on record saying that one month ago. And then they're buying two studios inorganically right now. And it's just fucking funny, man. That is... Yeah. What a dude. What a bitch. Yeah. What a G- bitch. Jimbo foot in the mouth, Ryan. It's... it's um. I don't know how he keeps doing it. It's, I don't know if it's just... <laughs> I don't know if it's an accident or if it's on purpose. I, I really don't know. But, um, and, you know, there's a case to be made that people will say that, you know... Sony, because Sony worked so intimately with these studios anyway, they were, you know, basically already first party. But mm. I think it's a bit unfair to say that when you can kind of look at the ex- the history Xbox has had with Bethesda, you know, like Morrowind was exclusive to Xbox. You can't yeah. play that on any other system. You know, Oblivion was, I think, timed exclusive for a long time. Um, it's well known that like Fallout, was it Fallout, or maybe it was like more, maybe it was earlier than that? That um, Xbox worked, worked really closely with Bethesda to get those games on in the console space, not even just on Xbox. Um, you know, they they designed. It, we may not have ever seen Bethesda sidestep into the console space if it wasn't for Xbox. Um, mm. And you know, that's just in the past. You know, more recently we've got things like mod support, which Xbox supported and PlayStation didn't. Um, we've got things like. Bethesda's support for Games Pass. You know, even as we get throughout the years, there has been like a clear partnership. So I don't, you know, to yeah, what degree? Liking yeah, you know, and you can you can split hairs between what degree is acceptable for you to be like, oh well, that's not actually inorganic growth. Where where do you draw that line? So you know, I just I'll just say to you that none of these studios are being you know taken over hostile, are they? You know they. They have been yeah. agreed to be acquired because it provides them more resources, more financial security. This is ultimately a good thing. Congratulations, Housemark. Congratulations, Bluepoint. This is if this makes your lives easier, it makes you make better games. Bloody well, go for it. Yeah, exactly. They're not being held at gunpoint. Take our money. <laughs> like, <it's> like, <laughs> yeah, they sit down and they think it over for a very long time, and they make the decision that's beneficial. Yeah, for both parties. Yeah, and you know, like, I mean, it's like you said earlier. You know, it, it is. I think it is kind of clear that Sony were watching both these studios to see how they did with Demon's Souls and with Returnal. And let's face it, they both did really well. They both kind of smashed it. So, you know, they kind yeah. of 
they kind of made their case there. So you know, I think yeah. there's. I think a lot of it is kind of um, just fear mongering around this kind of idea of inorganic growth. Um, I mean, I know Microsoft has been on an acquiring spree, but at some point, most studios were acquired. Um, of course, Bethesda is like a once in a lifetime kind of acquisition and yeah. it's huge and it, of course it is organic but that's how you know that does happen um but there was a partnership and a history there so yeah it's just like had there's been some interesting discourse <laughs> around the internet because of it but yeah it's good it's good um that we see this dick swinging contest now between xbox and playstation in terms of growing their first party portfolio because you can bet you can bet philly's now back in on he's backed on the stonks <laughs> he's on amazon he's having a look He's added, adding stuff to his shop, shopping cart <laughs> right his now. basket, yeah. So buy three for the price purchase. of one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it's good. And it only benefits the consumer at the end of the day, so stop bitching. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure there is a critical mass where there will be too many studios that are first party, but we're not there yet. That's a bit of a slippery slope fallacy. We probably won't get there, so let's not worry about that. Let's just enjoy the fact that these studios are probably going to make better games. Um mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. That was that. Let's do it. Let's do it, man. All right. Well, let's end on it. End up, yeah. End, end on a good night. Let's yeah. Do it. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I, I thought that was going to be a lot harder than it was in in the postpartum me three stage. Um, there's still stuff to talk about. We even managed to have a, a whole uh, a whole part on our opinions. Like, oh god, opinions. Really. What was yeah. that? Well, that was oh like, the next gen thing. The next yeah. gen thing, yeah, that was risky territory. Putting your yeah, opinion on the was, internet, yeah, that was pretty crazy. <laughs> this is either gonna blow us up or <laughs> blow us up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, either one, <laughs> the good or bad kind. Yeah. I will find a letter bomb in my uh, <laughs> in my mail. God. Yeah um shit all right well thanks for joining us today everyone um if you've got anything to say please slap it in the comments if you've got any questions man ask us some questions we we're pretty cool guys um yeah we've got stuff yeah, to say we're very cool people yeah, yeah. We've, got, we've got wrinkly brains um, exactly and we so, need things to you know we could have a, a segment where we talk about the things you ask because yeah is over we need content Give us stuff to talk about. <laughs> we need content until next april at least so yeah, come on. Share oh, this man. with your most controversial friend and Share get the comment. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, you can tweet it at us. You can um, you can post it on the video. You can send me a messenger bird if you really want. Actually, no, I have to give my address away. MySpace. Forget that MySpace last one. is probably the best way. MySpace, OnlyFans, you can find me there as well. Yeah. TTV. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> All right, let's wrap this bad boy up. Do you have any yeah. um, any closing words, Tim? I do not. No, I do not. All right, are you ready? You ready for I the am. fucking jingle? Are we doing jingle on the way? We're out? Jingle on the way out. Oh, right. <laughs> We're gonna jingle all the way home. Nice. Here we go. <laughs> <Fuck> <laughs> Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.